0: No, we need intro music. (laughs) What's up, y'all? Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing Goons Podcast. We're your hosts, Phil. And I'm Tommy. Thanks again for being here, and we appreciate you if you listened to our last podcast introducing us and what we think about racing and why we are the Racing Goons. So let's get this thing moving.
1: Podcast and... uh And also dive deeper into F1 and and also sim racing.
0: Um, Sim racing.
1: Sim racing, our two favorite things, F1 and sim racing. Oh, man, I shouldn't say that too loud. Oh, family first. Yeah, yeah, family.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. We have to say family. All right, big ups to our wives and children. Sorry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So what are the goals for the Racing Goons Media? Why are we here? What are we doing?
0: Well, I think the goals are, and I think we share this, is just to um, express our love for racing and just to talk about, you know, basically us being has We are has I mean, I hate to admit that, but we're has you know? I mean, um, but we try to stay in the sport. We love racing. We love watching F1, and we love actually a little bit of competition, and we'll talk about that as we go uh, throughout the show. Um, Tommy being faster than me in F122.
1: I've had a little practice versus <laughs>
0: you coming in and jumping jump my house in my yeah, rig. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But, you know, we try to stay current with everything, and we try to just hone our skills in racing just in case we get a call from Ferrari or something like that. We can just go ahead and jump in and be the
1: man, man for a weekend. I don't know if they need drivers. They need somebody else on the back end.
0: Yeah, the strategists, right? Yeah. But we'll get into that. Hopefully they don't blow it at Spa in a couple weeks. Mm. Yeah. I'm
1: looking forward to that
0: one. Yeah. But racing, you know, it's just about our love for racing. You know, we want to express that. We want to talk about F1. We want to talk about all things racing. Um, sim racing is something that we're just actively involved in from F1 22 to iRacing. We just love getting behind the wheel. We both own rigs um, and wheel setups to go along with that and, you Whenever we get a chance, whenever we're not working or engaged in family activity, we get behind the wheel and try to turn out some laps.
1: Yeah. So let's just go right into sim racing, and and we'll uh, we'll just talk first about your love hate relationship with iRacing. Lord have mercy. Let's just go right into it. Oh God. Well, well, first of all, we both we both have raced on iRacing. Me only for a little bit, but Philippe for quite a while now, and I'm I'm decent on that game, but it takes a lot of polish, and Phil has that. um, Well, I
0: wouldn't say I have the polish. However, what I will say is that it does take a lot of practice. Tommy's right. It takes a lot to get good with iRacing because there's a big argument in the the sim racing community. What's a game? What's a sim? All right. Uh, Sorry, Tommy, but F-122 is a game. What, I agree.
1: What, <laughs> it is a game.
0: It is not a sim. It um, is a game. It is. Absolutely. It is meant for mass production. You know, it's meant for mass engagement. There are going to be a lot of people involved in F one twenty two from highly skilled drivers to very low level drivers. Mm-hmm. It they they have something for everybody. On the contrary, iRacing, it, it's more fine-tuned, right? Wouldn't you say that? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Skill really matters in iRacing, and that's why I have a love-hate relationship for iRacing. So let's talk a little bit about that. I've been leveling up in iRacing. And down. (laughs) (laughs) And down. (laughs) So I've been leveling up and down, and um, you will have those days where you're doing so well, you feel so connected to you're racing, you're getting faster, you're gaining racing points, and then you'll just have that race where it all comes tumbling down. <laughs> and if you know racing, it takes a lot of work to be pretty decent in that, and it takes one race to just throw all of that down the drain. So yeah, that's a love hate relationship with it. Mm-hmm. I think Tommy knows a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, it's a lot. Of, you put a lot of work in, and then it all. I mean, it's not even at your. Uh, you don't necessarily cause the problem. Sometimes you just kind of get rear-ended or pushed off the track, or somebody yeah. next to you just kind of comes over onto you purposefully. It happens. It does. It but does more so in sim racing than in real life. You're not going to run into that quite as much.
0: But i racing is a little bit more realistic, though, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. I mean the the stakes are higher, I guess. Right. You crash out in iRacing, and you just watch your point structure just plummet. Right. Um, right. So, so yeah, it hits a little bit differently.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But definitely, you know, it. I didn't start at iRacing. Neither of us started at iRacing. We started in Gran Turismo.
1: Yeah, Gran Turismo is where I started back in... Man, 96, know.
0: 97, something like that. So long ago. In the first one? hmm But I would say this, and, and let me know if you agree. Gran Turismo is kind of like that happy medium, right? you know it it...
1: yeah if anything it's a little further forward than just a um grand tourismo is more of like a simcade you would have like it's like arcade type but the driving is really really good the drivability is great and the the physics have always been pretty good um so you get a better feeling from the game versus some other games right um but yeah, we both started out on Gran Turismo. We both kind of honed our skills there, and then have—I mean, I, I still race on Gran Turismo from time to time.
0: You think Gran has went down over the years, especially with this new addition of Gran Turismo 7?
1: I think GT 7 has missed a little bit, um, but from from the drivability, I mean, it's it's like a different experience driving GT 7 versus GT Sport. The the physics are different. Um, it's it's like a new learning curve for everyone, and some people have already mastered it and have done really well and i mean we have friends that are really really experienced in grand Turismo, and one in in particular that is going to i have to even i have to check it out but this porsche event um i believe it's at indianapolis um but the only the top 10 drivers in the country are going to this is what it seems right. to me um but uh yeah pretty wild i mean it, it takes a lot it takes a lot of dedication to be fast in right. anything um but you really have to understand the physics, and, and whether it's a game or a sim, you still you have to learn
0: to be fast on that program. Right. There's still a far cry from Need for Speed, right?
1: The best game ever? No. I'm just
0: <laughs> <kidding>.
1: <laughs> Need for Speed is reserved for just crashing into everything and, and, you know, having fun that way.
0: You know what? I think I lied. I did not start my sim racing career, if you want to call it a career, on um, Gran Turismo. I definitely started it on Need for Speed. No, you know what? That's a lie. Mario Kart. <laughs> that's, no, that's not even accurate. You remember mm-hmm. that arcade game back in the day? It was called Outrun. Man, I don't know if I remember that one. It was, you were basically in like a red Ferrari and you had, you yeah, were driving it's just
1: and, Wasn't that like pole position or something?
0: Uh, no, it wasn't pole position, but pole position was the one for Atari, right? Yeah. You we were like yeah. in some type of indie car or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it did start at pole position. Started at pole position, then I used to go to the arcade and play this game called um, Outrun. You were basically in like a, a Ferrari and a Ferrari Testarossa <laughs> with a top down. You had a shorty on your right side or whatever <laughs> like that. and You were just dodging in and out of traffic. I was always at that game.
1: Isn't that like the, the California something
0: arcade yeah, you know, game, yeah, where yeah. You got like yeah. five of
1: them, they're all linked together. Yes. And you can race each other. I think it was called Outrun.
0: Yeah. I think it was
1: called Outrun. Yeah, good old arcade games. Those are true arcade games. Yeah. yeah. But the first, like, you're feeling like you're more of a race car driver in a simulator type feeling. I think for me, that was definitely Gran Turismo.
0: Yeah, sim feeling, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's always
1: that competition. You're always trying to be faster than somebody else. And right. And um, man, even doing time trials on old video games with my brothers and and all that stuff. That's yeah. always. We made our own games within a game, right? Who can be, right. who can do this this mission the fastest? You're always competing with we each other. Always competing. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why we're tight. We we just love competition. I hate losing. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we hate losing. God, we hate losing. Rage quitting in the middle of a race and you're putting the wall and you're like, oh, "Yes."
0: No. Yes. I've done that a plenty of times. <laughs> Definitely. But
1: yeah, sim racing is is like our future of racing for me at least just being able to i mean it's it's cheap you get the game you build the rig okay maybe the rig's not so cheap and the you know you can build a pretty expensive pc for i racing but you're not going out breaking anything
0: yeah because what's the alternative right you go kart you know and if you're like us you're going to keep spending money you oh, know yeah. you're going to keep getting into debt <laughs> <laughs> and before you know it, all your credit cards are maxed out just to win a freaking go kart race. I mean, and, and, but you're smiling. But well, I don't know if I'm smiling if I if I'm hundred thousand dollars in debt from just trying to win go kart racing. But anyways, that's the alternative. You're either going to sim race or you're going to go kart race. You know, and I think we've um, we've happily chosen the sim racing route. Do you um, think
1: sim racing has a, a chance of like replacing the lower levels of motorsport, like karting?
0: I absolutely think it does because of what we just said. I mean, the cost of entry is is significantly lower in sim racing than it is for karting. And, and you, you want, can do it anywhere. You can do it anywhere. If you want to be competitive, right? You know, you buy a rig, you can go all in for $1,000 and have a really nice setup that's going to last you ages. $1,000 ain't doing nothing in go-karting, you know, yeah. and I would say that. A lot of these companies, a lot of your OEMs like your Mercedes, your Ferraris, your Red Bulls, are detaining drivers and winners from the sim racing league. Yeah, you know, versus going out to karting races and things of that sort. So I mm-hmm. would say I, I think it does. I really do.
1: Yeah, I think there are there are different um, different things about like sim racing. You obviously you have access to pretty much any type of vehicle. Right. Whereas karting, you're starting out in like the Purest form of racing, where you're you're getting the feel for everything. I talk a lot, talk a lot about like, um, like dirt bike racers. That how how if you come from racing dirt bikes, you are better skilled than most right. kart racers, right? Because you have a better feel. Like you gain that feel for control.
0: The seat of your pants. Right. Yeah. Driving. Yeah. I agree with that. It's pretty wild. But at the same time, though, it, I think that sim racing gives. Racing access to a whole lot of other people.
1: I mean, yeah, if you can jump on iRacing when you're... Right. You can do it. I mean, let's see. Colin was, I think, three years old when I had him set up on Gran Turismo. Yeah. You know, and, and he was racing, and, and he would do online races when he was, like, six. And I think he won his first online race when he was only, like, seven years right. old. Against people that, who knows how old they were, but probably... 20s, 30s, 40s, maybe even like 70s. I don't know. These guys race at all ages. Don't quote Um, me, though.
0: But I think that um, Toto Wolff, that's the boss of uh, Mercedes-AMG and F1. Don't quote me. But I do believe he said that to get started in karting and to be successful, it's $250,000. To be at
1: like a top-level kart.
0: Yeah, yeah. Carter. Yeah, because you're not going to go to a cart race with, you know, a shit cart from Crofton Raceway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck. Yeah, good luck with that. You're not going to um, you have to go into these races with the best material, and, and unfortunately, the best material costs a whole lot of money. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Well, it's also like that with sim setups because you have, like, let's talk about sim racing setups. I mean, I know like my rig. I built with a really good friend of mine and we just grabbed some, some steel like square tubing, welded it together and mounted some pedals and a steering wheel to it. And then I bought a seat off JEGS and it's a plastic, like high back with a little vinyl cushion. I mean, the the thing is cheap. It's so cheap and it's really uncomfortable, but it's, but it's a rig and it's set up and I, I want something better and I'll get there. But Right now, that's what I race with. I've probably been using that thing for like ten years.
0: Yeah, but you got your thrills though, but, man. But
1: it does what I need it to do. And then as far as what you drive, you're on the other end of the spectrum. Well, I wouldn't say the other end, but you're
0: I'm a in the middle, major step up. Yeah,
1: with a track racer. So I got 120? a track racer.
0: No, I got the TR eighty. I TR80. got the track racer TR eighty, and um, I got their GT seat with it. I got a Fanatec um, DD one with load cell pedals. Yeah, I do think that, that makes a difference, because you feel yeah. everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so when you come over and you test it out, man, you let me know what you think.
1: Yeah, a much sturdier rig, where mine uh, just kind of, like, falls over with you as you're turning. Yeah. And yours is a really rigid setup, so there's there's two different kind of directions there.
0: But let me ask you this. Do you think... So, we already know. We already established that in karting. Uh, better card will always be a lesser card. Right? Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. Unless you're Lewis Hamilton.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Unless you're a a top level driver that can can handle something that has a little less capability and push it and find like a a, you know, you can take that limit a little bit further than somebody else could with, you know, less experience or less natural ability. Okay. But, But yes, if it's the same driver in a good cart versus a like great cart. Now, yeah of course he'll be faster in a great car. but when it comes to a sim car. will you be faster is that what you're thinking like will yeah, you be faster yeah. in a better sim because i think that comes with if you're a really fast like if you have the ability then you just learn how to drive with what you have you can it still puts in the same inputs right but it's more of a um how how it feels for you at that point
0: point. and the reason why i asked this because Tommy, when we were running some laps on F-122, we were at Spa, Tommy just humbly put out a 146.5 on Spa in the Alpha mm-hmm. and I came in and did a 148.6, I think it was, something like that. Yeah. It was two seconds faster than me on a lesser rig. So I don't really I, think that matters.
1: I don't know that it was... You know, I'm two seconds faster because I'm in a lesser rig. I think it might have just been. This was what, the first time for you playing. Yeah, it was the first time. First, okay, first time jumping on a game, um, and expecting to kind of understand the physics, especially when you come from driving in a completely different game, which is iRacing. It's it's a different uh, yeah different feel. You, you kind of have to feel it out and find find how like how the game exposes the limits and. What kind of feel you get through the wheel versus, you know, what you get in iRacing. Right. Touche. And visual as well. Touche. So, yeah, I've done a bunch of laps at Spa on that game already. Um, so I do have a really good feel for it. When do you come back from Seattle? We come back on the 29th. On so Sunday, sometime, on this week,
0: sometime this week, you got to come over to my house and we're going to run some laps on, at Spa with the W11. In iRacing, in iRacing, So you yeah. tell me what that feels. Now like. Now I
1: have to feel what it's like to drive on iRacing in your rig. Yes. All right,
0: let's do it. Let's go. All right, and then we'll. I guess our next episode we'll talk about the differences.
1: Yeah, that sounds
0: good. And does it really matter?
1: Oh, I know, it'll make a difference. Well, to be like on your your home turf kind of thing, like you know how your wheel feels. That's that's a big difference, but at the same time. So, all right, when I was in, um when i went to new york new york to do the whole gt academy experience right. so back in 2014 it was like everybody was using was it like the t500 the thrustmaster yeah, t500 that was the thing back then everybody yeah. was using the same wheel and pedals some guys are using you know some guys keep their shoes on some guys race in socks some guys race with nothing on i
0: race barefoot and
1: and i <laughs> i have moments where i'll go downstairs and i'll have socks on or i'll i'll have like shoes on and i I don't take them off and immediately I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm so much slower with my shoes on because yeah. you don't get the same feel for the pedals. So I'll race barefoot. Well, you're not doing that in a real car. Right.
0: Right. Right. I do. I race barefoot and I used to race. I used to sim race with gloves on, but I, I recently started racing without gloves and I have automatically become much faster. I don't know why. But when I race, I don't race with shoes. I don't race with socks. I race with my toes out. Yeah, and is <laughs> and that
1: is that bad practice though? Is that no, nah, I don't think when so. When you go to do the real thing, is that suddenly going to slow you down when you have to put gloves and and shoes on and be like, wow, I don't have the same feeling.
0: I personally don't because you'll you'll you've already established your limits, mm-hmm. and when you throw the gloves in, you'll just get you'll just try to reach your limits. You'll just work towards those limits. I don't think it's a limiting factor. It might be a small learning curve, but I don't think. You know, it will make you any slower. Yeah. If I'm being honest.
1: Well, let's go pick up a couple nine elevens and go hit the track. Ah! <laughs> let's do it. So we did do a couple laps at Spa and yeah, I was maybe I was faster but Yeah, he was faster. I had two seconds. Pra- I had the practice. I had the practice. But but the cool thing, so Spa has been like one of my favorite tracks for a while. I think we actually touched on it last episode about how you know, why I love Spa so much. Yeah. Um, but, um, it's a, it's a pretty high speed track with a lot of like really late braking, mm-hmm. quick kind of like switchbacks right, left. Um, I just, I just really enjoy that track.
0: Yeah. I love the track. And I think a lot of the drivers in F1 and all over the world love that track as well too. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's, um, it's a classic track. It's a classic one. It's a very high speed track. Um, of the track, I think we Googled, is at full throttle. Um, There's a lot of medium, high-speed corners, you Mm -hmm. know, and and I think that's what drivers really like the most. That gives them, especially in the F1 car, if you can imagine, right, Um, you really get to test the limits of what an F1 car is capable of at a track like Spa. Wouldn't you agree? What the fuck? I'm,
1: just sitting here <laughs> I'm dying because <laughs> this shit just cracks me up. Because I'm like sitting here trying to do <laughs> this
0: podcast and this beautiful and wife. And there's Ashley all this emotion over here. No, I'm just kidding. And and Ashley, yo, don't get it twisted. We're out here drinking high <laughs> noons and and having a good old time. <laughs> and and
1: my wife comes and sits down, and all of a sudden. Somehow I'm embarrassed.
0: <laughs> that's all right. Yo, we're amateurs, but we're oh, gonna get man.
1: there. what's up, babe? Hi. Hi, Ashley. Come, do you want to talk? Racing into... Goons podcast? No, no definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like man. Jewel. That's
0: how Jewel is. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just... Don't get my voice in there, but I am gonna sit out here and watch you guys, <laughs> and, and I might laugh a little bit in the background.
0: I feel like the pressure's on, right? Uh,
1: that's how I'm feeling. I'm, there's a lot of A lot of pressure.
0: Yes. (laughs) Jewel does that shit all the time. I'm like, yo, why why are you out Mm -hmm.
1: here? Even if she was looking out the window and I looked up and I saw your face, I'd be like, oh
0: shit, she's watching. Wait, weren't we just flowing? Man, Man. we were flowing. (laughs) No, we're good though. Just kidding.
1: Come sit over here. You want me to leave? No, come sit over here. Join the show.
0: Ashley's the best. I was thinking about when we, you know, I can't stop thinking about it. When we went out to Barcelona last year. Why don't you talk about it? That was a highlight of my life. One of them. One of the highlights of my life. Yeah. That was an exciting time.
1: What did you think about Barcelona? It's awesome. I don't think anybody can hear you. Can you say that a little louder?
0: That's her? okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she bails on us now. Nah, that was the highlight. That was definitely oh, a highlight of my life. Yeah, you, know, that you, was... want to, you want to talk about top five? moments going out to barcelona to a racetrack that i never thought in a million years that i would go to was um was the highlight of my life one of them
1: one of them for sure yeah i mean that was and the experience the whole experience was just on another level i mean we went to barcelona with a championship winning team right to watch him win his title and, and he earned it too yeah um but we're talking about Cameron Doss in Euro Formula Open last year in the 2021 season, and it was the last. It was the last race of the season. Last
0: race of the season. He had to and secure it there.
1: Yeah, yeah. And on Saturday, that Saturday, he won
0: the championship. I just love the the whole flow of that week. Like, I mean, from top to bottom. Like, us driving over here, dropping our car off. We driving up to Newark International together. Mm-hmm. We actually stopped off at a restaurant. To eat, we got a little lit, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then well,
1: dro- then we're at the airport, and we were trying to uh, we were trying to get some drinks at the airport. Remember, we and and it took too long when we went. No, to- we
0: did get drinks, but we, they had to put them into put like- them
1: in cups. Yes, we walked on the airplane with <laughs> wine in our glasses, <laughs> and we're on the airplane, and it was hilarious because I chugged mine. Yeah, I'm sitting on the airplane drinking. You're not allowed to bring alcohol not on an all. airplane. Somehow we walk on there like it's no big deal, right? Yeah, just walk in, and I'm drinking my wine. And one of the flight attendants comes up to Ashley and was like, "What's in that cup?" And she was like, "It's wine from the restaurant we were just at." I'm like, yeah, that's a federal offense to drink ah! wine on an airplane. like to, you know, bring your own shit on an airplane. And we we're like, "What?" And I'm really? over here hiding mine. <laughs> so I was luckily I already drank all mine. Yeah. So she had to hand hers over. But they did come back and handed us a couple little of those little mini bottles of wine and right. hooked us up. They're like, here, you can't have yours, but you can have ours.
0: That was exciting, though, mm-hmm. from, from top to bottom. I mean, the track, you know. Um... How about that? <laughs> about... All right. Yes, the
1: whole trip was, was amazing. But I think one of the, the funniest moments, and, and he's going to be on our show. One of the funniest moments was we're at the hotel at the airport, checking in because we were all sleeping at the airport that night to leave. Yep, and and we're we're checking in and there's a guy and he's behind the desk and he's speaking Spanish and none of us can really speak any Spanish. Freddie, we're all sitting there right the whole time we're in Spain. We're all you know trying to like you know.
0: Do there's a language barrier. What you trying? Yeah, it, there's yeah. a language barrier. There's there's.
1: Well, this guy's talking to us, and, and we're all like, oh shit! How do we answer this guy? We don't really know how to, you know, speak the language that much. And um, Freddie walks over and has a full-on conversation. Turns out, at the and, end of the trip, and, at
0: the end of the trip,
1: the end, yeah, the end of the trip. And and, we're, and I hear Philippe as soon as Freddie starts speaking Spanish, like full-on, like he is fluent in Spanish. Philippe's over here, and he goes, "What the." <laughs> And and Freddie is just like, yeah, I'm fluent in Spanish. I just um, only use it if I have to. Good times, man. But, damn. Good times.
0: Marries. Yo, big ups to Barcelona. I mean, some of the best food I've ever had. I mean, best we food. We've ate best at sangria. Best sangria. Uh, best tourist attractions. Mm. I mean, the mojitos. The mo- Oh the my hotel. God! Best There's mojito I've seen. ever had. Damn. I mean, that guy really mm-hmm. hooked us up. I mean, and we were getting lit. It was good. That was a good time.
1: That was a lot of fun. You know. And the track was awesome. Yeah. Was so much fun. Yeah.
0: We walked it. That's, we break break some rules here and there. That That's was all. a moment, man. A true I appreciate, American. And I appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> but I do appreciate doing that with you, though. I mean, if there was yeah. anybody else, I, I, I can't do that with anybody else. I can only do that with you, man. That was good stuff. Yeah. All right. We got off topic for like five minutes. <laughs> we were talking about Spy. 82% of the track is full throttle. In an F1 car, I mean, I, I I suspect that if it was like a, I don't know, what kind of car you drive?
1: I drive a Toyota Tacoma, TRD off road 2021 on some no, <laughs> 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 that's what I drive. And yeah. you know what? I like I like that truck.
0: Yeah. And
1: I would love to do a track day at Spa in that truck. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I but wouldn't would mine? But would full throttle be 82% in your car?
1: You know how long the brake. The braking zone would be in a Tacoma.
0: Yeah. That's a... that's a. So, Man. what is a braking zone in, like, an F1 car? So, when you're coming down to... Oh.
1: Well, you come out of the first corner, which is, like, a hairpin to the right, and then you come down the hill, and you're just full throttle, and you don't even have to lift going through a rouge, which is left, right, up a hill. Like, you have this left coming downhill, then right as it turns back uphill, and then again you go left... As you approach the top, and you come over this crest, and it's yeah. all just flat out.
0: Don't lift, right?
1: You don't lift in an F1 car. In an F1
0: car, would you lift in a Tacoma?
1: In a Tacoma, you'd still you'd probably only make it to about 40 <laughs> at that point. So you you might not have to. No, you would you would still have to lift.
0: Yeah, so. you have to lift. Absolutely. Well, that's that's what's up, man. But look, obviously we talked about the differences between. I guess we we touched on the differences between your Tacoma and uh, an F1 car. You don't lift. In A rouge and radion, and you know, an what? F1 car, but in a Tacoma, you would, but it, why?
1: Oh man, the amount of downforce that an F1 car has just allows you to just haul out, right. in and out of corners so fast, right.
0: Right. Yeah, well, what's There's the size so of an crit. F1 car? Aren't they wouldn't you say that the size it, of that? It F1? just
1: made me think, like, what is the size of my truck? It's a four door. I know the bed of that truck is six, like six and a half feet. So my truck is probably, honestly, I think an F1 car is the size of my freaking truck. I believe it. Because an F1 car from the front all the way to the back, from the very tip of the nose all the way to the back of the wing is almost 19
0: feet. I what, drive is F- F250? No, it's a 350, bro. Give, right. me respect, bro. <laughs> Give me the respect. Give me the respect. I drive a 22. How big is that thing? shit i don't know i mean i know i have an eight foot bed it
1: makes me want to yeah i gotta google this thing okay oh i got it so good
0: (laughs) yo i drive a 22 (laughs) f350 diesel baby it's the big berth no it's it's definitely a long truck though wouldn't you say that i mean yeah but an f1 car is pretty long now i mean the wheelbase is 11 as is 11 feet alone And like Tommy said, from nose to rear wing is roughly 19 feet, slightly under 19 feet. Um, That's the maximum you can extend it out.
1: An F1 car is longer than my truck. What? An F1 car is longer than a Toyota Tacoma. So so use that for reference if you're thinking like how big are these cars. These cars have gotten to be so big.
0: Yeah. Why do you think that though?
1: It's all for safety, isn't it? I mean, yeah. they, they want these things to... They need more room to make them safer. Right. God, they're, they're massive, though. Six and a half feet wide. They weigh 1,750 pounds, but that's with the driver, yeah?
0: Right. With the driver. Mm-hmm. With the driver. So, yeah. They, they've
1: become <laughs> huge cars, but they still... They're making 1,000 horsepower. Mm-hmm. It's a 1.6 liter V6 hybrid electric motors you have energy harvesting um you know pulling is and it just comes from the heat of the exhaust yeah from the i mean
0: yeah they got to regenerate a battery throughout mm-hmm. the race um and they do that through a couple of ways they do that through regenerative regenerative i'm sorry regenerative braking Breaking. and they also do that through the uh MGU, uh, basically there is, uh, the MGU-H, there's like an electric motor attached to the turbo that um, basically stuffs air inside the engine, and um, it can regenerate some, or recoup some energy through that as well, too. Um, and, and this
1: all charges their batteries. Mm-hmm. That gives them the power to um, put out to their electric motor, right. which... Accounts for about 160 horsepower. About 160, yeah. Out of the 1,000 horsepower that these things are putting out. Yeah. Yep.
0: So the V6 turbo, the gas engine part, are the internal combustion engine, they call it the ICE. Uh, It's putting out what, 850, 860 horsepower, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty dope, man. That's a lot for a 1.6 liter Mm -hmm. uh, engine. That's a lot. Um, But it's pretty cool. Other interesting facts as well, too, uh, which a lot of people wouldn't know. You can harvest up to... Four kilojoules of energy per lap. However, you can only deploy two kilojoules of energy mm. a lap. That's interesting. And there's a lot of strategy that goes behind that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when 82
1: percent of it is at full
0: throttle, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, you're gonna you're gonna run through it pretty
0: quick. Right.
1: And like Max, you hear Max on the radio every now and then, and you'll hear him say like, "I'm clipping, I'm clipping." And what does that mean?
0: That means well, is he's running out of power.
1: <laughs> it <laughs> means so. that he's depleted. His power so so much that he's no longer able to use that battery performance, right. um, the electric motors on the car, and he has to wait until the next lap.
0: Yeah. And well, he, he, has, has he has to recharge.
1: Yeah, harvest more energy, yeah. charge back up, and, and go again the next lap. Definitely.
0: But there is a skill that, that comes down to that. I mean, there's a skill in knowing how to... Uh, deploy your energy, knowing when to harvest your energy, and and really just being light on the throttle. You know, only using that energy when it's totally necessary. Um, there is definitely a skill behind that, and I think there are a few drivers who have mastered that. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I think I think it's definitely something that the teams work on, and I'm sure they're they're constantly working on that in the sim as well as like how, because because you know, F1 drivers don't just race. In their cars on a track, they're also on a sim. Those mm-hmm. sims are on a completely different level than, than what we use, um, and cost probably a hundred grand or more.
0: I think they cost a couple million. They probably cost
1: the F1 drivers are on a completely different planet when it comes yeah. to sim racing. Yeah, beep, beep, like let's edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, the, the, um. The programs that they're using and everything that they're, they've built around themselves—it's—it's it's a really big part of their testing because you can't go on a racetrack. Right. Um, in F1, there's no, there's no testing anymore right. like out on track, so you have to rely on your simulators.
0: And um, but that's what makes sim racing important, though, right? And that's yeah. And they're recruiting guys who are ex- exceptional sim racers. You know, they're trying to make their car faster. they trying well, to well, use- even
1: their test drivers. Yeah. even their test drivers are constantly on the sim to try to improve the race car mm-hmm. in real life by just improving yeah. how it drives on a sim right which I mean these this, it's some pretty intricate stuff
0: would not it be interesting to know like the direction like how does that workflow you know come about how does that work what does that look like I think we need to get some racing drivers on here to tell us what that is like and, and what and how useful sim racing is you know and and what information are they getting from it and how does that help their race weekend
1: i think there's a lot to be said about just even understanding data yeah like because you can you can have a sim you can practice on a sim but if you don't understand the data that you're able to pull from the sim then Mm. what's it really telling you
0: right
1: so so not only do you have to be really intelligent when it comes to being a driver and understanding the car and the physics and and all of these things, you have to understand how to read the data and understand the data and use the data and improve your yourself and your lap and your car. It's there's so much more to just than just being a driver that sits in a car and you know driving around in what people might think is just circles around a racetrack.
0: All right. So I guess what we're saying is we're gonna get a real race car driver on here to tell us what that looks like.
1: I think we'll get quite a few race car drivers on here to talk about that
0: stuff. Ew. Oh,
1: hello. <laughs> so yeah anyway the the upcoming race in formula one is the belgian gp gp at spa um it's 44 laps we're well Philippe and i are hoping that mercedes kind of step up this weekend and I, I think, think they, they might and, and i think based on the regulation changes um they have an opportunity um you want to explain kind of what changes are being made for this this upcoming yeah weekend, of course. of course weekend? i mean
0: you know f1 is not just about the racers racing on track there's also a race in the boardroom in the in the business aspects of this and in the regulations and um uh but this year we've got new regulations totally new cars they're designed totally different with a different philosophy that's going to improve the show it's going to make racing closer it's going to make it easier for you to pass um so these cars look totally different and the first half of the season um there were a certain amount of there were certain interpretations on the race that allowed things to happen, and and I won't get too technical. However, apparently, there have been some teams using flexi floors, floors that are basically mm. flexing under certain load and that are offering um, optimal downforce profiles for racing. I suppose that's Red Bull or Ferrari, perhaps, right? Okay. Okay. Um, And what that has done to some teams, because they haven't interpreted the same way as Red Bull or Ferrari, I'm I'm just throwing that out there, they were encountering high levels of porpoising, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The cars were bouncing up on the track and and, and, in a a way that could be viewed as dangerous. I think Lewis Hamilton got out of the car. I forgot which race it was. Was it Canada? He basically got out of the car. No,
1: I think it was Baku.
0: It was Baku, and he was holding his back? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was yeah, holding his back. They were and,
1: really struggling with purposing in that race.
0: Yeah, and then F one came in and said, you know what? On the say on on the grounds of safety, we have to specify what is safe and what is not safe in the design of the cars. So
1: was it designed poorly by Mercedes and Red Bull and Ferrari got it right? So the um, regulations need to change, or did their design of their car just not hit it right?
0: I think it's a little bit of all of it but I think that Mercedes are really good at telling on people. <laughs> they're, they're
1: so so do you think Mercedes is like, hey, these, some of these other teams are kind of I think going beyond the regulations? Or I think
0: Mercedes just knows how to control the crystal ball, right? They just know how to – they've put a certain amount of money into their car, a lot of money into their car, and they want every other car to – Follow suit with them they want to basically set the regulations for themselves because if they create the regulations i shouldn't say create the regulations but if they i should say create the regulations but if they <laughs> They're if,
1: essentially create
0: if, if they create regulation, the regulations yeah. they have a one-up on every team in the field and mercedes has been doing this for years yeah. i mean we can dig more into it you know as the show progresses but um Mercedes basically just told on Red Bull, they just told on Ferrari, and they're strong-arming the FIA to changing regulations that will, in fact, potentially hurt Red Bull, hurt Ferrari, and help them. I saw something online a few days ago that said, let let me not misquote it, but Toto basically said that we don't want another NFL situation. Did you read that?
1: I didn't read that, but what does he mean by that?
0: He means that it's imperative that F1 focus on the safety aspect of F1 so that you don't run into a, uh, let me say it safely, an issue where athletes are dying from CTE.
1: Okay. Yeah, because I guess if you want to go in that direction, like how... I mean, I guess how does that compare to... The like the rules in NFL, in the NFL, where like you know guys are you know they stopped helmet to helmet contact. And yeah. They're, they're making
0: NFL change,
1: trying to make changes there. Dude. Versus...
0: NFL changed the entire sport mm-hmm. because of that. Those findings. Yeah. They've not only made better equipment. They they've changed the way the game is regulated. They changed the way the game is officiated. They changed a lot of rules to make it safer for athletes to put on a better show. Hmm. You know, they've done a lot for that sport.
1: So Mercedes is basically lobbying to say, like, hey, <laughs> we want to make this thing safer, but hint, hint, we also want to win. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: so, I get it. Yeah, it's clever, though. It might be. All right, what so, news do we got in F1 at the moment?
1: Well, man, there's there's a lot, but we'll just run through it quick. Alonzo is moving to Aston Martin next year. Jesus Christ. Right? Um, Sebastian Vettel retires next year. Which opened up the spot at Aston Martin for Alonso. Alonso decides he's gonna jump out of Alpine and go over to Aston. All right. Daniel Daniel Ricardo is now out of a drive as of right now because he's being replaced next year by Oscar Piastri coming up from Formula Two. Danny Rick, I'll clear that up. He's still racing this year, but next year he will be out of a drive unless he kind of lock, locks into some kind of drive.
0: What options does Danny Rick have at this point? I mean
1: there's only really there's only seats at Williams and Alpine, right? And yeah. is there anything open at uh at Alpha Tori right now? I, I can't I can't imagine. I don't know. I, I don't That's know. A B where team. He I would can't go. see
0: him going to a Red like, Bull B team when he's he's driven for their A team. And he's not going to drive yeah. for the A team because both Max and Sergio are secured.
1: Does does everyone love Daniel Ricciardo? Like for anybody listening, do you guys love Daniel Ricciardo Or do you feel the way that I've felt for a while, and and Phil feels as well, is that Danny Rick has become, like... Overrated! The most overrated (laughs) driver in, like, current seasons of Formula One. He's, like, people talk him up... Zach Brown was, like, so proud that he was able to pull Daniel Ricciardo over to McLaren. Right. And he hasn't performed well at all. So is he really... Here we go again. Is he really um, this, like, super high-level driver? Or... Or is he just kind of – did he reach his limit when he was racing in there at Red Bull with Max and then realize that, wow, he's really not all he was cracked up to be?
0: I mean, that's a, that's a complex question. Um, first, got to ask yourself this. Should he have left Red Bull? I think he should have, but a lot of people don't think he should have left Red Bull. I think he should have stayed at Alpine. Uh, I think he should have never left Alpine to go to, to McLaren. Um Because you need, especially in modern F1, you need a team. If you want, if your aspirations are to win an F1 championship, you need the team to kind of mold themselves around you. And I do think that Alpine, well, Renault at the time, Mm -hmm. were doing that. They were molding themselves around.
1: Yeah, everything kind of did did revolve around him. And then...
0: He was he, so desperate he, to win a championship he didn't feel as if the project was going to point him in that championship winning direction, and he just yeah. up and left and went to McLaren last year. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah, and he's going to he went to McLaren against Lando, who was driving really, really well yeah, and people talk about him as being kind of you know on Max's level, yeah as far as like his, his quality of, a, yeah. of, of just of a driver in general. Um, and I think he's like he's a goofy kid but he's also very extremely good behind the wheel. fast
0: and serious behind the wheel he's yeah. very good he knows his craft and mm-hmm. and at the moment he has he has the measure of Danny Rick yeah um, and Danny Rick has he's had a season and a half to respond and with the exception of his win at Monza last year right that win at Monza it was luck. Was, Come on.
1: was partially luck but also I'm Almost positive, I remember uh, McLaren telling Lando he needs to hold off and just let this yeah. let this 1-2 happen. They wanted the points, they wanted to secure the 1-2, the and they right. didn't want Lando to compromise that by trying to overtake right. Ricardo, even though he probably had the pace to do it. Yeah. So, so it's not that the win was handed to Ricardo, but nobody was fighting him
0: right. for it. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, with the exception of that, Lando has had the measure of Danny... For, for a year and a half since they've been teammates.
1: And uh, back to kind of tying this stuff together, Lando is a like really, really serious sim racer as well. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's really, really good on the sim. And he talks about
0: it a little bit too. Yeah, he often races with Max. Him and Max mm-hmm. are Max is great on the sim as well too. Yeah, yeah, yeah the two of
1: them are. Yeah. Well, getting into the driver's standings for right now, where we are kind of halfway through the season at the mid season point. Kind of a little bit beyond mid-season, but it's a summer break for Formula One, and Max Verstappen is
0: eighty points, kind of
1: walking away <laughs> with this thing at this point, yeah. thanks to Ferrari. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but yeah, two hundred and fifty-eight points for Max Verstappen, and then one hundred and seventy-eight points for Leclerc, eighty points back. I mean, that's that's four races worth yeah. of points. If Max were to, you know, DNF in all four and Leclerc, like yeah, he our wins. three and
0: some change, yeah, like right. he can DNF in three races, and there's what nine to go.
1: There are nine races left, and and the Red Bulls just look so good. Yeah, I, mean, I think they have this thing locked up.
0: Yeah, yeah. they're winners though, man. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't see anybody challenging Max at this junction. I mean, he really only has to get like third every race from here on now. Yeah, I mean yeah. no, I
1: think they, they did talk about that even at the last race. How yeah. man, he can he can just like casually go out there and just come in third yeah. place and just relax and wrap up this championship, no problem. He really doesn't have there's not much more fighting to be done. Right. Um is that what he's gonna do? Definitely not. Right. Max is gonna fight for wins all the way through the whole rest of the season. And I mean, shit, he really doesn't have anything to lose at this point. Nah. If he's battling with Leclerc Leclerc's the one that has yeah. everything to lose. If he tries to fight Max, and Max is like not having it, and they both right. crash out, that doesn't matter to Max. He's got such a huge lead. It doesn't matter.
0: And then you're coming up on some of his best tracks, right? Or where he gets the most fan support. The Orange Army comes out mm-hmm. at Spa. And the Orange Army's going to come Spa out at Spa and Zandvoort. Yeah, yeah. He wins those two, man. I mean, it's what are you going to do? No, it's over. It's over. So yeah. Max, I guess we should be talking about who's going to get second.
1: That's, that's where the fight starts because the Mercedes really aren't that far back. Perez is five points behind Leclerc. And when you have Ferrari, that's, that's kind of throwing this thing away every every single weekend, it seems. Right. I mean, the Red Bulls have a pretty good chance of going 1-2 in the driver's standings. And, and they'll definitely wrap up the, uh, um, the overall for the constructors. Agreed. Yeah. You think
0: you think uh Mercedes can squeeze in there and get second in both the championship and the constructors?
1: They're not far back from Ferrari. They're only thirty points down in the constructors. Agreed. From Ferrari. So yeah, I think they have a chance at, at coming in um second place for the constructors and maybe even getting both of their drivers up into, you know, maybe the top four.
0: Ferrari gonna blow it you think you think Ferrari gonna blow it any other race this season?
1: I mean, considering <laughs> Matteo was like uh, you know we're doing nothing wrong here. <laughs> after Hungary, right? And, and saying, uh, you know, we we didn't do anything wrong in that race, and and it's it's just a you know unfortunate kind of thing where the the car wasn't there, and I don't know. He's just throwing all these things out there where really their drivers performed really well, yeah. and. The team completely missed it when they threw Leclerc on hard's. They right. had a chance at winning the race, and then they right. kind of just stripped it from him. So I think, I think if Ferrari continues to get in their own way, they're going to have they're going to have some problems.
0: All right. Well, so we got viewers. We do have viewers, and they've asked us a few questions about Racing Goons, Racing Goons Media, our interests, and um, things of that sort. Uh, so I'll get to question one, and it asks simple. What setup do you use for sim racing? And yeah, we
1: kind of already talked about sim racing setups. Um, so myself, mine is like a home-built, um, kind of cheap version of. I mean, I don't even know. It's just some kind of custom thing that a buddy of mine and I we threw together. It cost me, it probably cost me a hundred bucks for the seat, and then the rest of it was just junk steel that we welded together. And then I, my um, my steering wheel is the i um, currently using the Thrustmaster T300RS with the uh, Ferrari Alcantara wheel. Um, and the pedals are the um, T3PA. I think they're the, yeah. um, the T3PA or the, the Pros. Um, and they're good pedals. And I kind of switched out mm-hmm. the springs from the clutch over to the brake pedal because it's a little stiffer. Right. Um, but uh, it's, it's a pretty decent setup it it would definitely be more on like your entry level slash um kind of moving into like a mid-level um kind of setup mind uh, you he
0: qualified for gt nismo academy with this rig actually it wasn't even that rig so it was something shittier than yeah
1: yeah, it was much shittier actually the the wheel that i qualified with cost me 150 dollars. yeah and and also there are guys out there that race with a controller on Gran Turismo, and they are faster, way faster than I am. Garrett. Um, Garrett. Yeah. Extremely fast on a controller, and and you know what? I think I've even offered to give him my old setup. He wouldn't take it. And and he's so fast and comfortable using what he has. I don't know that he really needs anything hmm. else. You know, I think one day, yes, he, He's also fast, fast in a car on, too, though. He's extremely
0: fast in yeah. a car.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He can be my partner in a race anytime. He's. He's so fast. Yeah. And did we all race? To, we all raced together down at Mooresville.
0: We did. Um, he
1: wasn't on. He team. wasn't on Paul. I think he
0: got quick. second. He qualified yeah. second down there. Yeah. He's, he's, quick. he's quick. Yeah, he's pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, so my setup, I got a track racer TR-80. Um, pretty sturdy. And uh, my wheel mm-hmm. and wheelbase are Fanatec DD1, originally set up for the PlayStation. Um, I don't play PlayStation. I don't play PlayStation that much anymore. I, I'm strictly on my PC and um, I got club sport load cell pedals. Um, so all
1: in all, like for my rig versus what you would have, the the amount that I spent on mine as of right now, before I step into some awesome setup that I'm going to build one day, um, the wheel and pedal setup that I have is like 350 bucks. Right. Right. That's, that's my wheel and pedals. The driving rig itself, hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, you know, so so all in four hundred and fifty dollars for a wheel and pedals, and you can do it even cheaper than that if you were, you know, yeah. If you wanted to, um, versus where Philippe has taken his setup, which is a rig that how much was how much is like the tr eighty tr eighty was like I think eleven hundred twelve hundred dollars. Um, right. So this is literally just the frame the structure of your rig, right? And then your mm-hmm. wheel and pedals mounts to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, then you add the wheel and pedals, you know, another $2,000. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's a pretty serious setup. Yeah.
0: Right. Still beast carding though. You ain't getting into carding for for
1: $3,000. No. And you can do this over and over and over in your living room or, you know, wherever your, your parents let you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you can do it all night. You can do it all day. You do what you want. It's, it's a lot of fun. All right, so another question um, do any of your kids want to be a racing driver and would you help them pursue that? I know that my son Colin is like big into racing, really enjoys racing and he does jump in there and I actually built him a driving rig as well, which was just built out of wood and I have an old wheel and pedal setup, which is the G29 from Logitech and that costs maybe 250 bucks for that mm-hmm. setup, you know? So once again, he's in pretty cheap and he gets to jump in and have some fun with racing. And he's he's become really, really fast. And he's about to be 11 years old and he races um, on Gran Turismo. And, yeah, he's
0: pretty good. And he'll
1: win like daily races on Gran Turismo, mm-hmm. you know, from time to time. And, and he's uh, he's really competitive.
0: Colin's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My kids, definitely. I mean, but you have to show a strong interest in it before mm-hmm. we start investing all that kind of money. And, I, and again, I think that's where sim racing comes in. Sim racing gives that very inexpensive entry point, you know, into yeah. whether or not you want to pursue this this goal or not uh, uh, of becoming a, a world-class racing driver. I mean, if you can be quick on a sim, you most likely can be quick behind the wheel of a car. Um, but they have to show deep interest in it because it can cost a lot of money. I mean... Like Toto said, karting is two hundred fifty thousand to get a F three seat. Is what a million dollars? Something crazy like that. Um,
1: yeah, if you are in F three, it's about a million dollars for the season. If you are in Euro Formula Open, you are half a million six hundred thousand just to you know get in there with your team. It's it's yeah, not a, a cheap money. sport. Getting into that's this a state. lot of money,
0: you know. So tread with caution.
1: So last last question we'll do is um, what F one race have you been to? Go ahead.
0: I mean, the only F1 race I've been to was um, Canada, the Canadian GP, in Montreal 2017. And I thought that was, uh, you know, we want to talk about highlights of your life. That was definitely a highlight, you know, going up there. Uh, Full race weekend, great seats, great food, great party environment. Um, Watching Lewis Hamilton, uh, I think he got his 66th pole at that GP and that's where they gave him the center helmet. You were at that race? I was at that
1: one. Oh shit. Yeah. I cried when they gave him that yeah, helmet, man. That was, that was a pretty special moment.
0: Yeah. That, that was cool. awesome. Where were your seats? So they were experiment, experimenting with like a package selection during that race. Um, day one was grandstand 12. That was at turn two, right mm-hmm. at turn two. Day two qualifying and, uh, FP three was at the hairpin before the long straight. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I forgot what grandstand that was, but then day three, race day, was at um, grandstand one. It was right at the finish line. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was great.
1: That's good stuff. Yeah, and so I've also been to a race, and I've gone. I did go to Montreal. That was 2008, and then I went to um, the US GP at um, Coda. Right? Coda, I went. Actually, it was fifteen. No, 16, 17. It was 15, 16, 17, and 18 okay. that I went to Coda, um, and um, yeah, so so much fun. I mean, that track you can see so much of the track from from sitting up in the grandstands at Turn One, and um, both just just awesome experiences going to both. But I will say, like, if you want a really good experience uh, as far as nightlife and and people that know F1, go to Montreal. So so we'll run through this last bit real quick. So we have a fantasy league um and it's on Grid Rival. Mm-hmm. You download the app. Um jump in with us. It's the Racing Goons Grid Rival League and uh you pick your your F1 team, you pick your drivers, you pick your your team. Um score some points, have some fun, compete against us. It's a good time.
0: Tommy and I have a competition going cuz we're always competing. So, the winner of each race weekend um or excuse me, I'm sorry. The loser of each race does 20 push-ups. Um, wait, hold on. What the hell? <laughs>
1: when we first talked about this, was <laughs> like, first, one, that, first one has to do 20 push-ups. I, I might have bumped it up a little bit. He I bumped it up him. to
0: 100 push-ups and run a mile. There's no way I'm doing that. I'd rather buy some lunch that day. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, if I lose, I'll do 100 push-ups and I'll run a mile. That's some motivation. Damn, man. Now I got to do it. If you lose, just I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do.
0: Well, look, one of the cool things is if you guys join, you actually win. We're going to give the winner of our league a Racing Goons t-shirt. And during that moment, we will reveal our new logo. So we're not going to reveal our new logo until we determine who our Racing Goons, Grid Rival Racing League uh, winner is. So that's pretty exciting.
1: All right. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. Join us next time. We're going to prepare for the um, Belgian GP uh, at the next next week. And, um, yeah, just thanks so much for listening. It's been a good time.
0: Yeah, man. Loved it.
1: Awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no! All right. I'm Tommy. And I'm Phil. All right, we'll see you guys next time on the okay. Racing Goons Podcast. Okay. See you. See you. Bing. <laughs>